back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my line mate Matt with me. And today we're going to go over the Blackhawks' last two games. We're going we're gonna to talk about the roster a little bit and then go over a little NHL news. But if you haven't had a chance, check out our last podcast. It's with Jason Ross Jr. He is an aspiring play-by-play announcer for the Blackhawks. Not sure when his next game is, but his last game he did I thought was very successful, which is something I can't say for everyone else that has been on other than John Weidman and... Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it, man. And Nick Olchek, to be honest with you, that's yeah. out of everybody else they've had on. Uh, those are the only guys I've I felt really confident with. Um, obviously, John Weidman's excellent. Troy Murray. Uh, Troy yeah. Murray was he on for a game, Matt? He, he's on here and there. Uh, yeah. I, I actually liked Nick Olchek. I thought he did a great job, and uh, he was really good with Pat Foley. It's kind of a shame that Foley's going because if say Eddie got promoted. To like an office position, I think Nick Olchek would be a, a good uh, person to replace his dad. Yeah, I think he, I think he'd be good too. He seems like uh, he's a natural at it. Which you know, obviously the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Uh, you know, man, we'll talk about Eddie O later because uh, I kind of wanted to get into that with you a little bit. Just a couple things, cool. but. Um, Anyways, back to the task at hand. Jason Ross Jr., he was excellent. Um, do us a favor. Check out the FHN.net. Uh, we've got some podcasts over there that you guys will love. They're also doing a new thing called, uh, what's it called? Color Street, Matt? Color Cast. Color Cast. Color Cast, yeah. Must, I think that might be like my uh, that nail shit that my wife does. Probably. Color Street or some bullshit. Anyways. Yeah, I joined them. I joined them. Uh, I think it was the, the Hawks-Red Wing game. It was great. Okay. Uh, they, they, you can... You could type to them. It's kind of like two guys on play-by-play. It's uh, Nick and Chris. It was really cool. They have like a texting area, and they, they'll engage with your text. And sometimes they can call you to the hot seat, and you're in there for a couple minutes. They called me a couple times. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so is he like in the box for five or something like that? Well, I got a 10, so oh, I must my. have did something bad. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's my type of player. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we're going to talk about the wings first. Obviously, that's the, the outcome I like the most. Hawks win 8-5. to five. Um, You know, it's it's just a, a story of the same. You know, I think that the Blackhawks, if you notice, when they play bad teams, you know, they do well. When they play good teams, it's it's somewhat of the same thing. Um, this 8-5 to five outing, it's not as good as it seems because it seems like the Blackhawks were kind of constantly, you know, chasing their lead. You know, the Red Wings kept on, you know, putting more and more pressure on them. And uh, obviously we ended up coming out with the win. But at one point, uh, wasn't it, what, 6-4? to four? Yeah, it was very close. The Hawks were up 4 nothing after the first. And uh, I remember Nick and Chris asking me this question. Hey, if you're the Hawks coach, what are you telling your guys in the locker room? And what I said was... Keep your foot on the gas. And the Hawks did the opposite. They let back, and uh, the Red Wings scored three in the second, and those were the only goals. So, yeah, thank God Dylan Strom had one of the best games of his life. Uh, You know, he got the hat trick, a couple assists, I think, too. And, you know, he really showed up. And I thought Brandon Hagel had a really good game, too. That he, unfortunately, he wasn't getting much of the, the, uh, you know, the uh, accolades, but. Uh, Hegel was quietly very good in that game because uh, Dil- Dylan Strom was just amazing. Yeah, he was. He had three goals, one assist. Uh, Debrink had two goals, one assist. Uh, anyway, it's actually pretty nice to see him get an assist there. Uh, Hagel had one goal, one assist, and Kubalik and Lafferty each had a goal. Uh, I'm really... 
I, I honestly, man, I really like this Lafferty kid. I think that he's pretty good. He's got a lot of speed. He's got some bite to his game. And uh, he doesn't back down in the corners. What do you think of Lafferty? Yeah, he kind of reminded me of uh, Philip Kershev last year. You know, he would you know do the hard work, come out with the puck, make a good play. It was nice to see him get his first goal of the season. Uh, I, th- I think it was the fourth goal of the first period. He he was. Uh, I like his speed too. I really do. I, I think it was a, a solid pickup for uh, uh, Nylander. Yeah, I think he's a solid pickup for a guy who wasn't even playing. Well, he's a guy that's uh, on the NHL roster, and Nylander is an AHL guy. I think that's a win in my book. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, yeah, I thought that the game was—it was a good game. Um, I wanted to mention a play that I saw with Caleb Jones. He was defending very well. Tyler Bertuzzi was coming up the ice. He tried to get a little bit too fancy. Uh, Caleb Jones— pretty much picked his pocket and then set up a, a goal the other way. I think that wasn't that the haggle goal. Um, uh, Caleb Jones, uh, was this in the first? Or no, th- this oh. was like in the, it might've been in you know end of the second no, no. or third it, period. It, it was the Debrinkat goal in the third period. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know if you noticed this, Calvin DeHaan made a, he was playing great defensively the whole game, but he, I think it was in the it might have been the third period. He turned around, fired the puck right to the slot, and one of the Red Wing players took it, buried it. And then a couple minutes later, Nick Letty did the same thing to Brandon Hagel. Yeah, yeah, he that, did. That was such a good play by Hagel because he was uh, flying on the boards, and he got hit. And I thought it was a questionable interference. It could have been an it interference was. penalty. They didn't call it. And Letty made a, the same play as DeHaan, and Hagel buried it. And I was I was so happy for him because I, I thought he got robbed, and you know he could have created a, a power play opportunity for us. But it's even better he went back and scored the other way. That's just a great heads up play by him. One hundred percent. I thought it was a bad, a complete missed call. He didn't have the puck, and he got checked, which. Uh which is typically an interference call. And to be honest with you, the way that he, he fired that puck, man, I thought it was going to go through the, uh, go through the netting. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to the Blackhawks versus Avs. Um, you know what? The Avs just have their number. The Avs, here, here's the thing, Matt. And I'm on, I'm on the fence here with, with the Blackhawks as a team. Are they a good team that just can't get any wins or the Avalanche, not that good, and they're, they they seem to kind of come out of these games with the Hawks. You know, the Hawks can keep into these, you know, can can keep up with these these good teams, but they just can't finish it off. And the Avalanche, it seems like all year they they've been. I mean, they're they're good, but you know, they're not putting away what is supposedly supposed to be a bad team, Blackhawks away. I mean, they should technically be winning this game by you know six to two, and yeah. you know they're barely getting out of these games with the Hawks. Uh, you know, for me, I, I've said this a couple times on Twitter to people about the avalanche, their running gun style. It's really, really exciting during the season. And it's, you know, they can really take over games and stuff, but in the playoffs, I don't know if you remember in 2010, there was really not much run and gun play with the Hawks in the playoffs. It was tight. There was some, especially that shark series. I thought that was a really just an old school chip and chase, grind it away type of series. The Avalanche are going to have to learn that if they're going to come out of the Central, I think, because you're going to face Nashville, you're going to face 
St. Louis, who very battle-tested team, or you could face Minnesota. And I, I think they could beat Minnesota with no issues, but for me, I think the Blues or Nashville, they can just just aggravate the hell out of them and beat them defensively. Yeah. And the goaltending. But as for the Hawks, I think if we started the season not like not like we did, 0-9 and, and 1, whatever it was, if we were a 500 team, I think the Hawks would, you know, we'd be like right in the middle type of thing, not the basement. And if we had a, you know, obviously our, our ex-coach didn't want to change anything. That's why we kind of had to, Hawks are still digging themselves out of this hole. But I think the Hawks are an okay team, average 500 type of team. But I think if they started off the year better with a, with a better coach and a system, we could have been in. Uh, we could have been in the run for a uh, wild card spot. I think it would be tough, but and obviously the injuries. I think Tyler Johnson going down was bad. Taves has been slow, and now he's hurt again. But the Avalanche, to me, I don't think they're that great. I've seen better teams than the Avalanche. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I, I'm not sold on them, and I, I don't see them going far. And it's not because I don't like them. It's because I, I just see a lot of defensive deficiencies on this team. I think that they're all offense, and uh, I don't think that they they have any any defense. Yeah, You know, uh, Kaner had two goals and an assist in that game. Gustafsson, a goal and assist, and Hagel had a, another good game, another goal and assist in that game. Uh, Dylan Strom had two assists, and uh, Seth Jones and Connor Murphy each an assist apiece. So... Um, so it's really uh, it. it I, I I see some really positive things with this team. The problem is is that they just can't finish out games, and it comes down to a couple things. Kirby Doc is obviously a a, a hotly contested uh, player, right? And it's because he's a third round pick. You know, everybody expects him to be, you know, a uh, NHL ready developed player already, and he's and he's not. So I think Kirby Doc is he was quoted the other day as saying, you know, he's been been in this defensive type of role with the Hawks recently, playing a third line, a shutdown type of role. Now, is that a role that we want Kirby Doc to play? Yeah, he doesn't live up to his uh third round, I mean his his number th- 3 pick, but can he be a solid guy who comes in on the third or second line, you know, puts up some points, but can shut another team down? I think that he's been playing pretty good, man, defensively with, uh, you know, with some of the most recent games that I've seen him playing. He hasn't been too bad. What do you think? Yeah, you know how I feel about it. I think the Hawks rushed him. And, you know, they didn't have a choice last year. They, they, they needed, you know, a guy to step in. Because Dylan Strom wasn't getting it done. Um, I know it's his third year. Obviously, we wish he had better numbers. Like the media is kind of the problem with this. They they hype people. They hype this kid like he's the next one. And obviously, it's just a slower development for him. Uh, for me, a, I think a center should learn both, you know, directions of the ice, both defensively and offensively. I think that's what makes centers, you know, they, their career will be longer. Look at Patrice Bergeron. He can play both. He could shut you down or he could, you know, get you on the score sheet. I would like I would like a Kirby Doc to learn that, but I don't 
I don't see him as a shutdown center on this team. I think he would be my second line center uh, for a while until, you know, obviously he starts taking off with, you know, production wise, but I don't, I don't know if I like him in the shutdown role. Yeah, I don't, to be honest with you, I want him to kind of fit in wherever he's most successful as of right now. As of recently, he's been playing this somewhat shutdown role. But uh, tonight, since, you know, Teaser's out, he's going to be playing that second-line center role. Brandon Hagel, left wing, Dylan Strom, center. He's getting that number one center spot right next to Patrick Kane. Alex Dabrinkit, yeah. obviously Kirby Dock and Philip Kurashev on the second line. Dominic Kubelik, Sam Lafferty, and Brett Connolly on that third line. Ryan Carpenter, Henrik Borgstrom, and Mackenzie Entwistle to round out the forward core right there. And for the defense, we've got Jake McCabe and Seth Jones on that number one pairing, which you like. Calvin DeHaan and mm-hmm. Connor Murphy on that second one. Considering the way Calvin DeHaan's been playing for a new contract, I don't mind him there. And Caleb Jones and Eric Gustafsson on that third line pairing. Obviously, you know, I don't want Gustafsson playing. I want Riley Stillman, but Riley Stillman is out with an upper body injury. We've got Jonathan Taves out in concussion protocol, which is not good. Juju uh, Juju's out with the lower back injury. Reese Johnson's got a clavicle injury. That's not good. Uh, Tyler Johnson's still out with his neck, and Lynx is out with his hand. So with that lineup, we got Dylan Strom on that that first line. They're giving him another shot, man. Another shot. Uh, Oh, one one more thing. I'm sorry. Wyatt Mm -hmm. Kalanick is scratched. I would totally have this kid in for for Gus because... um, I don't, I don't see why not. Why not give him the opportunity? It's for the power play. That's 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 it. That's all Gustafson can do. Yeah. He's just a puck mover quarterback. <laughs> you know what? I guess if that's what King wants to do. But right now, where, where the Hawks are at, I, I agree with you. We should be giving these other kids looks. What do you think about um, What do you think about Stromer getting that number one center role? Well, the way he's playing, he... He's deserving it, and you know what? No one's really going out and taking it, so why not? And I, you know what? I think it looks good if you want to trade this guy. You're just gonna, you know, his production's gonna go up and his value will go up, and and I think that's why they're doing the same thing with Calvin DeHaan. They're giving him more ice time to give the scouts looks. Who's ever interested? I I know the Maple Leafs are very interested in DeHaan as like a uh, just a steady kind of defenseman that'll eat up minutes. Uh, and as for Strom, I mean, what has he got? Four goals in two games, a couple assists. Yeah. And he, he's playing well. He's playing well. And uh, hopefully uh, someone's out there. And if the Hawks decide to, you know, maybe give him another chance, maybe they'll give him a, a year extension, maybe two. I, I don't know. I don't I don't think that would be necessary. I, I like, I, I kind of wish we would start stockpiling on some prospects, maybe even picks, but... Uh, that's we don't know who our GM is yet, so we're everything's still up in the air right now to me. So the last game that we're covering is Blackhawks versus Canucks, which was a three to one loss. Now, mind you, one of those goals was a empty netter, which is typically the case. Hawks have been losing by one to two goals when they do lose, which is, you know, it's nice, but it, it'd be nice if they could just get over that hump and and, and finish off a game. Uh, 
Fleury actually played pretty well tonight. Uh, he let in one soft goal, one goal that I so- thought was soft. You know, he wasn't, you know, I don't think hugging the post the way he should have been. And a puck kind of snuck by. And to be honest with you, I don't know how that, you know, the, these pucks, you know, find these little areas at like the precise exact moment. But... It happened. Hawks were chasing the game. Uh, Connor Murphy scored, had a goal that was assisted by Keener and Doc, which is nice. And to be honest with you, we've been talking about Kirby Doc uh, playing a def- more of a defensive role. He looked pretty good last night. I thought that he looked good defensively. And as he was probably, say, playing that role, he actually had some offensive upside to him. I think instead of pushing and trying to score and score and score, that the points will come if he just kind of relaxes and maybe lets his game come to him. But, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, we, we think that he was brought up too soon. 10 games in Rockford, I think, could be helpful for him. Maybe even five games to get some get some confidence and uh, bring him back up and, 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 let, and let him hit it. Uh, other than that, the... Uh, Lafferty was a was a force. I think that uh, you know he's. I've been noticing him more and more and more since we've gotten him. Uh, I mentioned earlier how he's been. You know he's been fast. He's been on the puck, and this it was the same thing yesterday. He had a good chance for a goal, and the puck was kind of um, his stick was kind of tied up for for a second, and that prevented him with a practically an open netter. But uh, I think that his play has been noticeable, and that's what we need. We need guys out there uh, being noticeable, making a difference. Uh, Brandon Hagel had a good game yesterday. Uh, didn't wasn't on the the, the point sheet, but uh, he did play well, and he was he was very noticeable. Uh, Kaner looked to have some renewed vigor in him. Uh, he's tired of losing, and I, I, it looks like that he's trying to to make a difference. Um, Strom, um, you know, it, it's the same thing with Strom. You know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, Strom has an opportunity on that number one that number one line to to make a difference and to, to really show that he belongs. And the only thing I took from his game yesterday was that Dylan Strom doesn't do anything very well, and he does everything pretty much average. He doesn't really specialize in everything. He doesn't have really good speed. He doesn't have really good agility. He can't pass very well. Uh, he doesn't shoot uh, very well. You know, he's it's almost as if he if he was playing NHL, uh, in NHL 22, he'd be a 75 or a 70 across the board. But um, Seth Jones looked really good yesterday. I thought that he had some very good defensive plays. He had some good passes, and he controlled the puck very well. It seems as the season is going on and on, this guy is just uh, getting better and better. Jake McCabe played yesterday. He had some pretty good hits. Uh, he played very good responsibly, and he had some good shots when he needed to take them. And, and, and that's what we need. So um, that's kind of to wrap up yesterday's game. Uh, there were some positives, but once again, we lost practically a two-to-one game. It was an open netter uh, that made it three to one and uh, that's where we're at so you know, the Hawks are a somewhat 50-50 team you know as of right now I think that they're they're going to be sellers man uh, I don't yeah. think that there's I, I'm not I don't want to put them down I want them to make the playoffs you know number one I don't want to sell off anybody because I want the Hawks to make it but let's just have the conversation the Hawks are realistically really really in a bad spot right now trying to make the playoffs who do we give up 
who's number one on your list? Is is Kubalik? Is this is is this season a somewhat of a fluke? You know, he's yeah. just having a bad season, or is he come back down to earth? This is this is who he is. Do you have Kubalik's age in front of you? Is he twenty six? His age here. Let me look it up. For me, Kubalik, I think would be number one. My number two would be Strom. I actually, I, I'll I gotta take this back. Flower would be my number one first. Depending yeah, 26. on twenty six. Twenty six, yeah. So the Hawks aren't gonna win any Stanley Cup in the next three years. So by the time three years is up, that's he's twenty nine years old. And usually players, you know, they're starting to be steady, steadily the same or on the decline. I would try to move Kubalik. Uh I know there's a rumor of Actually, the the guys from uh, the 30 on Broadway said they, they would love Kubalik on their team on the Rangers. It was kind of a rumor. And I said, wow, I haven't I, I didn't hear that. I, I only heard Edmonton. But maybe uh, the Rangers would like a guy who could just, you know, fire pucks and shoot shoot first mentality. That Kubalik's a good guy for that. I mean, he, he did put up 30 before. I, I would like to at least get a second rounder for him, possibly, or if not, a younger... A younger, maybe twenty-two-year-old that's got some potential. Uh, Dylan Strom, I would like to get a second-round pick for. I, I don't think anyone's going to give a first. Uh, Flower, I think people could overpay. In my opinion, if it, times get say a, a team loses their goalie because of an injury, I could see them calling the Hawks about Flower and being in a panic mode, giving them a first rounder. Even wow. You know, I don't think that we could get a second rounder for Dylan Strom. I think maybe a third rounder. I don't. I don't see the value of Strom being I, I the same as, as as Kubalik. I don't think I would do it if it was that low. But you never know. Uh, look at there's guys that are picked in the sixth sixth round that like Henrik Zetterberg type players. Yeah. You you just never know what you're gonna get. Zetsik was pretty uh, was pretty yeah. low round too. Exactly. I'm sorry. I should say high round. Anyways, so yeah. <laughs> I'm just torn about Kubalik because I don't want to give up a 30 goal scorer when we need one, you know. And if yeah. he's going to go somewhere and shoot first, then why isn't he doing that here? Is it because he's just not he's... hitting the net? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if yeah. you if you watch him shoot, man, he's all over the place. I love his shot. It's very underrated shot. He's got he a can, great shot. He just he can can't get it. it on target. Yeah, well, I'm, I, he scored the other night. I know uh, Seth Jones made a terrific play, the first goal of the game, I think, against Detroit. And Kubalik, I mean, he stopped the puck and he ended up burying it into an open net. But yeah. that was all Seth Jones. Right. But it's good to see him get goals. I, I'm very happy with Hagel. At first I was like, you know what? I don't consider Hagel untouchable. But you know what, man? He's almost at 20 goals. For a guy making a, a million, what, point three? 1.8. 1.8. That's, that's still amazing. And he's putting up 20 goals. I could see him being a top six guy with, you know, uh, Kaner and all those guys to bring Cat. Quite honestly, I would like to see Hagel uh, and Debrinkat on the same line. I just think the different types of style sometimes mesh. You know, sometimes you got that. Uh, you remember the uh, Jason Spezza, Danny Heatley, and Daniel Alfredson Elf- line in Ottawa years oh, yeah. back? Yeah. Those are all different players. You got your solid two-way guy in Spezza. You got your veteran guy who's responsibly defensively. And then you got Danny Heatley who just shot. That's all he would do is shoot the puck. He scored 50 goals that year. Yeah, he was and, uh, he was lights out, and he, he was fast as hell at the time. Yeah, and I I think the Hawks experiment a little bit with this kid. He, he's, he could score, there's no doubt about it. And his speed's amazing. 
that's the thing. I, he's going to draw open up the ice for Debrinkat, and if Debrinkat gets space, his shot is so good. Obviously, he's almost at 30 goals. And that, that was a question I wanted to ask you, too. Do you think Debrinkat is going to hit 40 this year? I, I believe that he will. What about 50? Is that out of reach? He's he's He'll need to go on a tear to do it, but... It's possible. I mean, we just he'll be, to he'll be, be honest with you, we just guy. hit the the halfway point. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. I, yeah. I, I'm hoping forty. He can hit it because that's. I mean, you know, we don't have too many Hawks that have ever done that. I think Amani and maybe Kaner have been the last. Yeah. But I would really like to see the cat hit fifty. That's a huge milestone. And uh, Ronick was our last fifty goal scorer. That's how. That's how long it's been, man. Way too long. Yeah. Yeah, so some quick NHL news. Looks like uh, Crosby scored his 498th goal, which is awesome for wow. him. Uh, you know, what a great player, man. He's just been been solid his whole career. And um, it's just really hard not to uh, not to kind of root for him, you know? Yeah. It's, and to do that with one team, it's even more impressive. And you sat out for a year with concussion issues. It's it, He's just a great player. It was like 18 months he was out. He was out for a long time. Yeah, that's a shame. So it looks like Evander Kane made his debut. He's going to try and build off of that. I mean, I... He scored. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. He's a goal scorer, man. And, you know, and he can do it. It's just kind of crazy to think that... He's out there in Edmonton, and you know Edmonton is kind of like this. Uh, how do you say this kind Bushy of metal. melting pot of what yeah. is going to happen out there? You know, and they added Vander Kane to it. Maybe it's the the perfect storm. For, I've always said Vander Kane was a very good hockey player. He is just a shitty human. That's a, <laughs> I'm not taking any of his hockey skills away because he could play. Man, he was the Sharks' best player the last couple of years. And he earned a long contract, and he just, you know, he's had problems everywhere everywhere he's gone. So, and hopefully Edmonton, it, it finds his home in Edmonton because he's playing with two of the best players in the world. I'd be on my best behavior if I got my seventh chance after I screwed up all those times to play with these two guys. It'd be, it's amazing. He's so good that, uh, <laughs> you know, that he's he maybe he could get an eighth and ninth chance. I mean, it didn't take him long to get signed. No, well, I, I guess, you know, we, we were hearing the rumors he was interested in uh, Edmonton, and it was taking long, but I guess, I didn't know this, the NHL was still doing their investigation on him, and they, he couldn't sign until it was complete, but once it was completed, he signed the next day, so I know wow. a couple teams were interested, too, and he ended up going... Uh, I don't blame them. I'd want to play with two of those guys. If if they can get their defense kind of resolved and find a solid goalie, they're going to be a good team again. They've been on, a, I think, a three-game win streak, so obviously that change has helped. Lundqvist had his Rangers night. Uh, you know, you would think that the guy won them five Stanley Cups. Oh, know? my gosh. Yeah, I no doubt about it. He's a very good goalie. And I talked to uh, <laughs> I talked to Nick, and we chirp each other a little bit. He's a good guy. I said, hey, man, I'm sorry. For me, when I think of New York Rangers goalie, I got Mike Richter. I'm yeah. sorry. He got the job done. Yeah, I he think did. he's the best goalie in Ranger history. And he, he, Nick went off saying, oh, no, 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 look at the wins. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's all about getting 16 wins. And right. Hank couldn't do it. Right, 100%, so, man. Yep, yep. 100%. You know, I'm not t taking anything away from Hank's legacy. Yeah, he was a great uh, he was a great goalie. But uh, when it came down to it, man, he didn't get the job done. 
And you know what? He won some games alone, like by himself. That's how good right. he was. But still, it, it's a team effort. The Rangers just didn't have the team for him. And you know what? I, I noticed back in the early 2000s, maybe mid to uh, the 10s, I guess you could say, he he struggled against the Capitals. Ovechkin had his number. He, yeah, they he just did. couldn't get over that hump. And um, still, great goalie. He's well-deserving of a number retirement. But for me... Number 35 is better than number 30. Yeah, I agree. Zegers got another lacrosse-style goal. Did you see that? I did. The Michigan, oh, yes. Yeah, uh, the thing is, I I talked to goalies that, uh, you know, we've like, hey, what, what would you do to prevent that? If you watch these Michigan goals are scoring out, the goalie, he's on his knees already, and... And I I was not taught that way. I was taught to stand on my feet, shuffle over, and hold the post with my with my glove hand. Or if I'm if I'm on my other side, my stick would you know be along the post, so you could take away a pass, and your shoulder is almost even with the upper with the crossbar. And goalies are not doing this; they're going down early. And uh, they're getting beat when they shouldn't, in my opinion. But that's just the new style goalie, and that's how they're they're training these kids now. Yeah. So, you know what? I did see another play. I believe it was Huberto. Uh, he faked the Michigan. Did you see that against the Sharks? No. So he faked the Michigan. Brett Burns, he grabbed the post, preventing that puck from coming. And he bit. It's almost like he took the bait. And Huberto... Uh, fired it right in front, and Sam Bennett was right there for a tap-in. You, you're going to have to look at it, dude. I thought that was just genius wow. to do. Uh, yeah, and that's another, like, these poor goalies got to worry about that Michigan play, and now they're worried and focused on that, and a guy could just fire a pass to the slot. Then he's got to worry about a tap-in because his defense are out of position. So it's crazy. Like, I know Torts doesn't like it. I don't know if you heard he, he's, he hated it. It's bad for the game. It's not bad for the game, but it's bad for goalies, man, because they gotta yeah. be they gotta be on their toes now. So Leon Streisaitl is leading the league with 31 goals. Jonathan Huberto is leading the league with 45 assists, and he's leading the league with 62 points, which is uh, pretty impressive. Wow. Yes. And Vasilevsky's got 24 wins, and the guy just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling, man. <laughs> yep, very good goalie, very good, best in the world. So that is all that we have got for you tonight. We will see you, what is it, Thursday? We got an interview with you for with Theo Fox. It's a good one. You're going to love it. He's just a great, great insight into Blackhawks prospects. And we talk some hockey with him. So we're going to drop that on Thursday. Be sure to check it out. And we'll catch you on the next one. This is the Tomahawk, and we're out of here.